Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. My name is Dr. Emily Rausch, and I am here to share the ins and outs about the body and pole dancing. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode. It is February 2nd. The topic of today's podcast episode is going to be about pole not having um, seasons. Like you can train 365 days a year if you would like to. But before we get into that topic, just want to say happy February. It's February 2nd today that I'm recording this. Happy Groundhog's Day. The lovely groundhog. I don't know how to say the first part of his name. It's like Fluxinani. I don't know if that's actually how you say it. Phil. We're just going to call him Phil. Saw his shadow, which I believe means that he's predicting six more weeks of winter. To be honest, I find that tradition both like enduring, super cute, and then also just like fucking annoying. Like why is this rodent-esque creature? I'm not sure if a groundhog is a rodent, but it gives me rodent vibes. Um, Predicting our weather and telling me that I need to be cold or I'm going to be cold for the next six weeks zero out of 10 like that. Um, February is off to a amazing start, minus the fact that we might have winter for six more weeks. Um, yesterday, I opened the wait list for my upcoming How to Not Fuck Up Your Shoulders pole dancing course. It's going to be a six-week online course. The wait list is, yeah, like I said, open as of yesterday. It is the best way to get the information sooner than other people. And then you will also get the like VIP pricing because you expressed interest sooner than anyone else. So if you are interested or even like think you might be interested, for sure go and sign up for the waitlist because um yeah, you'll save you'll save some money, which obviously is a, a good thing. I love saving money. And like always, um, Samson is here in the room with me. I don't, honestly, I don't know if he's going to be making noise today because he is high as a kite on um, pain medication because he has tore his little doggy version of an ACL. They don't have an ACL and a PCL like humans do. They just have one. Um, it's a CCL. I believe it is like a cent central cruciate ligament is what that stands for um he this is the second one that he's torn he tore the first one a few years ago and we decided to not have surgery because it's like a pretty crazy surgery I'm not gonna lie um and it's also like quite expensive and we were not at a point where financially it made sense for us to um spend that much money on on our like darling dog, even though I like love, love, love him so much. Um, but then the like rehab process can be kind of in depth. So um, I was in school and my husband works in Alaska and I'm like, there's no way like I can phys- feasibly like handle all of my responsibilities, like uh, in addition to Samson being hurt. Um, so he was, yeah, was doing not like a hundred percent, but he was doing fine up until um, a few days ago actually it's been like a few weeks now we've been like going back and forth with our vet on do we just continue to monitor and give him like low level pain medication um until we like get through the winter because the winter is like the hardest part he's like pretty good in the summer we t- I take him swimming like every single day and he like feels pretty good but we are on 
day like five of him not putting any weight into one of his legs and the one that he is using to walk around also doesn't have a CCL. So um, not a good situation for my little nuggie to be in. So we're going to have a cervical consult next week. And then it looks like if we like the vet and the vet decides that it's a good um, like plan for us to actually have him have surgery, we'll be sometime in March with him having surgery. Um, so like a little bit stressful. I will say for all of this, one of the things that I am the most grateful for is past past me, past versions of me, um, deciding that lifting needed to be more of a priority for like my body and my health because Samson's like a solid 70 pounds and I am having to carry him up the stairs. He can go down the stairs pretty good, but he can't go up the stairs. Um, like he can, but it's like, it's a super struggle. And he insists on being able to go outside, like through our doggy door to go to the bathroom and then like can't get himself up the stairs. So I'm having to like go down the stairs and then carry his ass upstairs. Uh, so yeah, anyways, I'm excited that past me decided to start lifting because I don't know if I would be able to take care of him now had I not worked really hard the past couple of years to gain the strength that I currently have. So if you won't lift so that your pole performance is better, lift so that you can carry your dog up the stairs. <laughs> okay, let's transition into the actual topic of today. So I woke up to a message that says, um, here's a legit your expertise question, and I think you posted about it, but now I don't see it. Pole has no off-season. Every other sport, including gymnastics and rhythmic gymnastics, has competitive seasons. Mm. Should people be training the same intensity year-round for pole, or should there be an off-season? And the short answer is yes, there should be seasons to your pole training, but let's get into the weeds a little bit more. And I'm going to use a lot of the same information that's in my webinar called How to Structure Your Training, because this is a super important topic and it's also kind of a big topic. So I'm going to one, leave the link to be able to purchase that webinar in the like show notes. And then I'm just going to hit the the highlights of it in this like lovely podcast episode. So let's start with why. There is no off season for pole dance, which means that there's no built in periodization. Um, periodization defined is the systemic planning of athletic or physical activity. The goal with building in periodization into your training is to be peaking, meaning your body's not in like fatigue or you're not like undertrained for when you need like all systems go during your training. For a lot of sports, you want to be peaking during your like performance or competition season. And I feel like this is where a lot of people so if they don't compete or they don't perform, they're like, well, I don't need to do that. Like, I don't need to structure my training because I have no, like, important time in my training for, the, like, the next year. And I will say um, a little bit of BS. I don't – well, I shouldn't 
sorry, that was like a squirrel moment. I don't plan on performing or competing. Um, I may end up doing a like instructor showcase around like Christmas time of this year, but that was just a, a thing that got like brought up at our last like instructor meeting. And so now I'm having to like con- reconsider whether or not I want to say I, I don't plan on um, performing this year. Anyways, a lot of people don't plan on competing or performing at all like ever in their training. So they're like, why would I spend the time structuring my training when it doesn't really matter when I peak or if I peak? I have a response to that in a moment. But first, we need to continue talking about periodization. Other movements or sports, just like the person asking the question pointed out, gymnastics, rhythm, rhythmic gymnastics, um, soccer, football, baseball, um, running kind of an asterisk depending upon whether you're running like competitively or if you're just a, a hobbyist runner. Um, they all have a preseason, an in-season, and an off-season. Each one of these seasons will have specific goals that the participants, the athletes are trying to achieve. And there are goals that are appropriate for each season and then goals that are inappropriate based on the season that you're in for training. So if you're in, um, let's use football for an example. I know, well, I shouldn't say no, I'm going to assume potentially a lot of people that listen to this don't watch football, but the Super Bowl is the 12th. Um, so it's in like 10 days. The two teams that are in the Super Bowl, one of them is the Eagles. I'm not sure who the other team is. Um, right now would not be the time for the coaches or the like trainers or the athletes to go and be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go like one rep max my squad or I'm going to go like try to learn a new offensive play or defensive play, no. Those are not appropriate goals for the competition season that they're in. Right now, they're in like maintenance. Like we don't want to change anything. We just want to have your body be in the best possible shape than it that it can be. So we're not going to like overload your nervous system. We're not going to introduce anything new. We're really going to prioritize like recovery and make sure that your all of your kind of like aches and pains that may be coming up. We're like trying to heal those as much as we possibly can. And then as soon as the Super Bowl is over, I'm sure they'll have like, you know, make maybe a week or two where the um, players just get to like completely deload and relax. And then they'll enter into off season. And off season is an appropriate time to learn new skills, to work on gaining strength. Um, If we're bringing it back to pole, it would be like learning new skills, gaining strength, gaining flexibility. Like those are appropriate things to do in your off season. And even with each one of those, it would not be max of all of those, right? Like you wouldn't be oh, I'm trying to learn a new skill or like a bunch of new skills, which is what usually happens with pole dancers. And then, oh, I'm also going to like try and gain a lot of strength and a lot of flexibility all at the same time. You would have an off season. Usually I would say like chunk of months, probably like three months. I like to program um, for myself and for my clients in three month blocks. It goes pretty well for my brain. Um, And for each, so three months 
cycle. And then you would have like a goal for month one, a goal for month two, a goal for month three, and whatever the focus is becomes more of your training. And then the other, so like, I kind of look at it like three things, right? So you have like skill acquisition, strength building, flexibility building. Those tend to be the three areas that poll needs. So like, let's say this next month would be skill acquisition, strength training and flexibility training would go into maintenance mode. We're not completely abandoning them. We're just not having them be the majority of our training. And then for the next month, let's say we, we really want to focus on gaining flexibility, which would mean skill acquisition would go into more like maintenance mode. Strength training would stay in maintenance mode. Um, and then for the last month, the last thing that we have would be strength. And so that would become more of our priority with the other two, once again, being in maintenance mode, which like I want to highlight again, doesn't mean that you're not doing them. They're just not the majority of your training. And then you would potentially like cycle through those again um, and have an in-season and off-season and a pre-season. And like most things, I think it's important that we highlight the why, like why do we care? Why should we be structuring our training this way? And like basically the highlighted issue of this is that you can pole dance every single day for years and years and years. And trust me when I say that that's how a lot of people train. They just go in like on a, a really regular basis. Um, they don't have a lot of structure. They don't have a lot of like pre-planning for their training. They're just like, oh, you know, I want to pull. I like pull. So I'm going to do it. This can lead to overtraining, um, injuries, lack of progress, frustration, um, like a lot of things that no one wants to have, right? Like no one wants to be injured. No one wants to be overtrained. No one wants to plateau and be frustrated. But there's not a lot of attention put on are you structuring your training so that you're actually setting yourself up for success with whatever goals you want to be able to achieve. And I honestly, I can't remember if I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. In a lot of other types of movement, you have someone that is guiding you through each one of these seasons. So if we circle back to football, the football coaches are the ones that are telling the players, okay, this is what we're going to do today. And they probably have had like meetings on meetings on meetings about, okay, what's the strength training um, coach doing? What's the offensive line coach doing? What's the defensive lo- like line coach doing? Do- does everybody know where everybody is? Does it make sense for our goals for the team? Does it make sense for where that individual person is? Do they have an injury? Are they not injured? Like, what do they have going on? And so there's like a lot of coordination above so that the athletes are able to show up and train and be the most efficient that they can be with um, their role on the team. That doesn't happen with pole dancers, obviously, and it's not necessarily um, a team sport. So you, you have to be like your own coach and the athlete with pole unless you're hiring someone to help guide you through this process. So let's, um, let's pretend that you are not in a position where you like want to hire a coach or that's like not feasible for where you are right now. 
How I recommend that you start doing this for yourself is you take a, a moment and look at what the next chunk of life looks like for you. So um, I think planning out a year makes a lot of sense for my brain. Um, it doesn't always make sense for, for everyone. So like maybe six months. Um, I probably wouldn't do any less than six months because it will make the rest of this stuff like kind of tricky. That is going to be your macro cycle. What macro meaning big or like large scale. We're going to take that six months and divide it into like intermediate blocks, which is called a mesocycle. And that can vary anywhere from a few weeks or a few months. Um, and then we're going to break each mesocycle into macro cycle, macro cycle, which means small. And we're going to use the micro cycle um, to build out our individual sessions for the day. And they all like kind of funnel back up to what the, the long-term goal is. So some questions to ask yourself and then whatever your macro cycle is going to be, do you have any big things planned? Do you have competitions, performances, um, intensives? Do you have goals that you want to be able to achieve? Once you have like those big things blocked out, then you can break the rest of your macro cycle um, up into mesocycles that like funnel back to you being able to achieve that goal. Um, for your mesocycles, you can build from today to whatever your big event is or build from your big event backwards. Either way, you'll end up in the same spot. It's just kind of what works better for your brain. So let's say that you want to compete in six months. You want to build your program so that you are, you are in like peak shape, peak performance time um, when your competition is happening. You need to be realistic about where you're starting from um, versus where your goal is, right? So you're not like trying to do too much in six months, um, which tends to be what people want to do. And then you also want to be just like a little bit aware of like, if you're going to compete in six months that like you're going to have to put in time and like probably more training than you typically do to make sure that you're like ready to compete. So you would take the six month time and then you could break it into three month blocks. And then you're going to want to break each three month block into um, a specific goal. So it starts typically with general preparatory exercises and then you build into specific preparatory exercises, specific development exercises, then competitive exercises, and then you would end with your competition. And um, I like to, like a lot of times it's a shaped as like a pyramid. So your general preparatory exercises are like your foundation of the pyramid. And then each rung builds up until the point, which is your competition. So you would start with building your like movement base and then get into more specific like things that'll help you be able to do the things that you want to be able to do. So for a competition, since that's the example that we're we're using, if you know that you want to be able to do like specific skills in your combo, then you need to start, once you have your base of like general fitness, you need to start building in prep exercises for 
the the skills that are going to be in your um, performance piece and then you would build in like specific development exercises for those things too right like so um being able to like invert into an outside leg hang like first we need to be able to invert and then we need to be able to like get into our outside leg hang and then we need that invert into an outside leg hang to be smooth and controlled and ready to be part of our competition piece and thinking of your training in this fashion allows you I think it like takes a lot of pressure off right because you're not trying to do things that your body's not ready for like you're like okay I want to compete in six months I know that I need to be like probably stronger and more flexible and like a little bit more controlled in my pull movement for me to feel like safe and be able to perform the way that I want to be able to perform. So I'm going to start now, six months before my competition, working on my strength, my flexibility, my coordination for a chunk of time. Okay, cool. I can check that off the box. And now I'm going to start building in more time working on pole specific skills. And once again, starting at like step one of the pole skills that I want to be able to do and then building into like step two, step three, however many steps it takes you to do it. And then, okay, that chunk of my training is now complete. So we're going to transition into linking things together, musicality, the fine details of what makes like a performance piece, a performance piece versus just like a freestyle or, um, you know, something that you would do on like an average like training time. And then you're able to build in like, okay, big picture. This is what I want to be able to do in my piece. I'm going to work on chunk one of it and then chunk two of it. And then I'm going to link chunk one and chunk two and then start working on chunk three. So you like build each part as opposed to just going in and like trying a bunch of random stuff, not doing things that are going to help you get to your end goal or like doing too much. um, And then you end up injured or not in a, a position where you're in your like best possible shape physically mentally emotionally when it's time to compete and then your performance your competition piece is like not what you want it to be because your body is not prepared or it's like in exhaustion as opposed to being in like peak shape when it's when it's needed to be and then on a final note because I didn't want this episode to be a super long one if you are consuming a lot of information and you're starting to get into the like overwhelm state which I feel like is a lot of a lot of the response to content that I share around structuring your training where they're like you know so many people that I follow are saying that I need to do all of these things and I just like don't feel like I have the time and this was also supposed to be a hobby and now I feel like all I do is train or like think about training structuring your training which I know like it it is going to be an investment of like time and energy at first but putting some level of structure to your training will take that panicky feeling of like you're not doing enough and you're not seeing the results that you want to see um kind of off your plate I don't know if it will like completely decrease it because you still do have to train and have to like put in the work but you're not trying to do all of the things where you're like I need to 
go to class because I want to learn new skills and hang out with my friends. And then also people are telling me that I need to weight lift and that I also need to do flexibility training, but also I need to take two rest days a week. And, you know, there's a showcase coming up and I also like have a life and like have a job and potentially have like kids and a family and everything else to work on. No, <laughs> that's it's a lot. It can be incredibly overwhelming. So pausing and figuring out like what season are you in of your training and then what type of training, what things do you need to be doing to make that like make sense for your overall goals for this season and then the big picture of what you want to be able to achieve with your training. Um, like I said before, I have a whole webinar about this. I actually almost have two, to be honest. I have how to structure your training and then a lot of the information what is very similar in the poll goals webinar that I did. So I will link both. Um, feel free to purchase one um, or the other, whichever one sounds better to you. I will say the structure your training goes in a, a lot more depth around the like actual science behind structuring your training and poll goals is more around like goal setting with a little bit of structure. Um, and then the link to join the waitlist for how to not fuck up your shoulders pole dancing will also be in the show notes. Um, so a few things going on. And then like always, let me know if you have any questions, more than happy to answer them. Send me um, a message on Instagram or an email if that is you. All right, I'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.